Hey, this is Always Ready Matt Cardona, the internet champion, a.k.a. the $1,000 Broski, a.k.a. the Michael Jordan of Wrestling Figure Collecting, the host of the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast, and you're listening to Marking Out. Wait a minute, are you serious, bro? That's still a show? This is Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro Wrestling Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Spread it like this. Pro Wrestling Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. We Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Marking Out, Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. This is episode 547, and we thank you for listening to this online listening experience in podcast form. Make sure that you subscribe on all of your major podcasting applications. Make sure... That you like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash out, twitter.com slash out, YouTube, and instagram.com slash out 11 You can buy our merchandise at prowrestlingtees.com slash out. There's going to be some new shirt designs coming soon. Just you wait. Um, and also, you can email us. Let's say you want to sponsor the show. Let's say you want to be a bro like Manscaped. You can go to marketoutwanted at gmail.com for all business inquiries. My name is Chris. You can follow me on Twitter at Chris Sweendog. Yes, I have not been here in a very, very long time. But with the caliber of what has happened in the professional wrestling landscape, I thought it was necessary for me to come back. I'm also here with Dave, who you can follow on Twitter at Dave, what is it, Dave DP, BT, David, David PT, DPT. <laughs> yes, okay. David PT, DPT. Because Dave is a professional now, ladies and gentlemen. No more Dave. I was going to say Dave the Rave underscore ML, but I stopped myself. Yeah, um, yeah. It's hard the, to. The, pro- the professional <laughs> professional. Yeah, the most professional professional. Uh, <laughs> and the man that has been carrying the weight of the show on his back. The Count of Monte Fisto, Cousin Brandon, Brandon Brandon, Brand Meltzer, mm. um, Brandstaffa Ali. Uh, any other good ones I can think of? <laughs> I saw somebody at the car dealership that looked like him today. Um, Brandon, you can follow him and his award-winning social media accounts at BTTG161. Brandon, how are you? I'm doing awesome as always. How about yourself? It's been a while. I know. Should I go over what's happened to me in the past, like, five months? Yeah, you should yeah, do it. Can you up? do it to what's... the tune, like, uh, <laughs> Yakko from... <laughs> no, <laughs> no. I thought you were going to do, like, yeah. we didn't start the fire. Yeah, you if like you could that. do that, oh, too, man. Hey. Nah, yeah, what's, what's the haps? All right, Sam Rob. We, we saw him the other night, and we'll talk about that. We did, that. we did. We did. Um, it's just been work just got me overwhelmed because everybody needed live streaming. They needed to live stream their sports, so I got super busy to the point where I was working uh, six to seven days a week. Um, I went to Florida for two days. I got hit on the sidelines by some random 15-year-old kid in full pads. It sucked. 
Um, what I saw sport? one of my friends in football. I went down to Florida for two days to film a football tournament, and the last game I had to film, I'm on the sidelines. I'm the sideline camera guy. I'm, like, right on there. I'm, like, the 45-yard line. All of a sudden, this kid misses the catch and just plows right into me. Is there footage of that? Somewhere. Dude. I have have to ask. (laughs) I have to ask my boss because he he definitely has it. That would be hilarious. To see, yeah, we have to we have to put somebody that out in my there. company, like the Rochester market. Like we have Long Island, Rochester. He got blasted. It was on social media that night. So, oh man, I yeah, we could put like the Jim Ross overview over talk on there. By God, it, it's uh, like the time when uh, we were at MYWC and Apollyon and Johnny Silver went into the crowd and Dave <laughs> took a tumble holding my camera. And we put that footage up. It totally oversold, it, big time. Yeah. He got scared. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I did. did a lot of filming sports. I filmed a lo- I live streamed a lot of graduations. Um, I saw one of my best friends get married, which was awesome. Um, hung out with people that we're going to talk about later on the show, um, and vacations a lot over the past two weeks. Um, family rented a couple of condos in Chincoteague, Virginia, for a week, so we stayed there for a week. Um, then we went to Delaware for two days and went to the Dogfish Inn. Um, you know, if you're an old school follower of this podcast, I have definitely mentioned my love of drinking beer and Dogfish is the craft brewery of them all. They're, they started the revolution, in my opinion, um, them like Sam Adams, stuff like that. Regardless, that's one pro wrestling slash market out. I didn't forget that. Um, it was outstanding. And then I came back and I saw Dave. We'll talk about that in a minute. But Dave, what about yourself? What's going on since last week? Oh, since last week. Really, uh, you know, no, nothing too special. No, I know. Um, do we? Could we at least talk about Atlantic City? Okay. Um, how it's? Uh, let's I mean, save that for don't... after. Let's save that. Let's save that for after. Okay. Okay. So then, okay. in that case, nothing new on my end. All right. Know. So me and Dave went to Jordan G- Week. The reason why I'm here is because me and Dave went to GCW Homecoming, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Brandon, I've been seeing your pictures on your social media. It seems like you've been having a rockin' week. Do tell us how it was. A rockin' week? Well, my brother, my sister-in-law, and my niece are here, so <laughs> just been hanging out with them. and uh, Eating a lot of good food, I see. Yes, yes, of course. And uh, it's funny to hear my niece say my name in person now, because like, the last time she was up here in May, April, she left and then started to say my name. Uh-huh. So to hear it, what you calling you, Brand Brand? No, just Unky Br- Brandon. Unky Brand. My mom, if you ask her, she's saying mayonnaise, but it's one hundred percent Brandon. <laughs> 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 but it's funny because it's like I'm teaching her like uh, the thumbs up to like Michelle Tanner, like you got it, dude. So okay, she's nice. kind of doing Watching that. Full house. And they have uh, they've they've already taught her like show me your happy face, your sad face, your angry face, your silly face. I'm like show me your De Niro. <laughs> So she's kind of doing a De Niro impression there too. So working on that. I was I was listening to a podcast about Italian stuff, and De Niro was definitely Heat. Um, there was a movie Heat. De Niro was in it. Am I wrong? I've, Am I not a movie buff? I don't know. I'm definitely not a, a movie buff in that sense. But okay, I'll I'll go. I'll, I'll use the old Google machine. I know Sunday Night, but there. But... <laughs> yeah, well, of course you do, Mark. Okay. Yeah, just let's let's wait. Let's wait to throw that word around. <laughs> oh, no, don't worry. Uh, yeah, Al Pacino, Robert De Niro. Okay, I was right. 
have to watch that. Um, so any, uh, so as we as we alluded to, we were hanging. Me and Dave hung out this weekend. We decided to drive what seemed like an eternity. It was like four hours. What to Atlantic City? Yeah, dude, traffic was terrible. Oh, that's uh, well, what like, time did you guys leave? Even, Early in the morning or no? We left. No, we left just before two o'clock. And we got there at five fifty. That sucks. Yeah, and also I went to Manhattan that morning and did like the immersive Van Gogh exhibit. It took us almost two hours to get home. I was just wow. I was fed up that day with freaking traffic. Yeah, you know, I mean, as a passenger, it wasn't that it wasn't that bad. <laughs> but for but for but for Chris, I could only imagine the frustration like brewing just because like you you had a busy morning. Yeah, I know. That's why I almost bought a freaking minivan today. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I digress. Um, so yeah, me and Dave took the what was that four-hour drive down to Atlantic City to go to GCW Homecoming Night One at the Showboat. Um, I think, like, let's just talk about. Like, we have to just go right into it. Anyway, there was a big reason why. Like, me and Dave didn't want to go. Oh yeah, we love GCW. I mean, it, don't get me wrong. It's an outstanding independent wrestling promotion, and they're maybe one of the hottest out there right now. But the real reason. We went was for the main event as Matt Always Ready, Matt Cardona, defeated MDK All Day Nick Gage, who was on Dynamite this week. We'll talk about it later in the show. And Nick Gage and won the GCW World Championship in a death match. And if you haven't seen it, like if you haven't seen it on social media, you're living underneath a rock because Saturday night, this trended, GCW Homecoming trended mm-hmm. over the Olympics, over UFC. So the not just not just Saturday, event, it went into the next day as well. Yeah, because everybody was going nuts about it. Matt Cardona, who Dave Lagreca said it, I think perfectly on Busted Open this week, is as WWE as WWE guys come. He's jacked. He's tan. You know, he's a, he's a good looking dude. He comes out. He's like dressed to the nine in, in great gear. He went in, has never had a death match before in his life, and won off of a death match legend. What are your uh, like thoughts on it? Brandon? For someone that was watching this, wasn't there. What were your thoughts about this? Well, first of all, I can't even believe that like that match took place. But ultimately, I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was such a good like the heat. Like, there's no denying that there were people, news site guys. Oh, fans were plants basically, or disrespectful. I thought that was one of the best. Heel, like, pops or whatever, ever. In recent yes. history. Not ever. But in recent history. The reactions and everything, I thought it was it was just fantastic. There's nothing, like, else that I can say that hasn't already been said. And I'm the so happy for him. That, like, they told, essentially, over social media. You know, this thing all kind of came together through social media. Yes, they had their interaction at, you know, GCW Zombie Walk. But after that... Like, this whole thing was built through social media. And it wasn't even just, like, like Matt. Like, Matt calling the GCW universe really, like, because GCW is definitely, it, it's it's going to be up there as, like, one of the premier wrestling, independent wrestling promotions now. But, like, you know, they are very well known for their hardcore deathmatch style of wrestling. Which was very pr- prominent in the show. But now they're on the map because... 
Matt was using all of his WWEs. Oh, they're my fans. They're the GCW universe. And he got so much heat. He had, like, interactions with Emil J, the uh, 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 ring announcer. Because, you know, he made some disparaging marks on Twitter. So then, like, you know, Matt was like, oh, you're a mark. Calm down. And even in the beginning of the match, grabs the mic from him and calls him an effing mark. More heat so being drawn there. Let's not forget, like, when, uh, right at the entrance, yeah. oh, radio plays. Yeah, controls the crowd with his WWE music and, now com- and then comes out to his, his music now. But it was just, it, and like, now, like, me and Dave were there. Also, like, the, the, the fans during that entrance that had the wrestling figures and nooses, like, come on. How, like, is that? Yeah. Come on. <laughs> it's, the, the ultimate thing to say from this is hook, line, and sinker. It was fantastic. That's, like, the only thing, again, that I could say. HLS, it was, big time. It, yeah. So, so with this entire thing, it was such a surreal aspect because first off i don't even remember the last time or if i've ever seen matt bleed you know um it's definitely not to this magnitude if i ever have so with this match going into this it's like one of those things where you want to go to support matt and everything like that but on the other hand you also don't want to see the stuff that he's about to put his body through uh, and especially because we know him and didn't want to see him go through anything Dave's too extreme Huh? I said you're you're being very motherly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's totally true. Um, so once they start to set up everything, I'm like, okay, let's see what's going to happen. He comes out, the crowd hates him, hates him, hates him. But it was also cool because there were Matt Cardona fans in the crowd supporting him as well. Uh, there were loud Broski chants during the match, during his entrance. Loud Broski match. Uh, uh, um, chance. chance met with the yeah met with the Nick Gage chance back and forth back and forth uh, right at the start of the match it was intense just seeing them go uh, attack each other and of course once the weapons started to get brought out that's where it started to go haywire I mean Matt had this huge gash on the back of his arm which was just bleeding all over the place and you were I was just like me uh, Chris was behind us and me and Sal were like. Like, Sal grabbed my shoulder, and I was just like, ah, oh, damn it. Don't want that to happen. <laughs> uh, you know, and, but, right, uh, yeah, it was just an intense match. It was played up by the fans. The fans loved it. It felt like for as long as it was, it felt like a short match. Um, and it potentially because we were so engrossed in it. Um, Honestly, I think it's start to finish. I think it was they gave it about a half an hour because I, re- I rewatched it twice. No way. Mark. Yeah. Half hour? Yeah. Wow. Like it felt like it was it felt like it was like a five minute match. I also I yeah. liked but how ultim- it started. His LI hardcore purple blood t shirt was white. And by the finish yes. of the match, covered in blood, soaking wet red, which you can now purchase a version of the LI hardcore champion t shirt, pro wrestling slash Matt Cardona. I'll toss no, out that death mat, the Deathmatch King shirt where his uh, logo is made out of light tubes. Yeah. Is... And the champ is still here. Yeah, right right after the Yeah, right yeah. after the match, he had the shirts uploaded, ready to buy. And what was crazy was once he won, we were going crazy. We were going nuts. And then the beer cans <laughs> start start flying into the ring. I mean, I got nailed with one of them because I was trying to take selfies. I was trying to grab Chris and Sal. I was like, turn around, take a selfie. Tell, like, Brandon. you know, because 
like Matt was right in the background. <laughs> so I was trying to get a picture with Matt because I knew that we probably weren't going to see Matt later on. So I'm like, selfie, selfie, selfie. And then I get like beamed in the in my back with a beer. Uh, but it was not glass. So Aluminum. it should be. Yeah, yeah it was. Somebody um, threw a Billy yeah, Gun action figure. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> and then somebody superimposed a Billy Gun with a Hornswoggle. I was like, no, it was actually Hornswoggle trying to save the day. That's funny. That's, yeah, that's great. Um, I believe there's yeah, video footage after this, of you asking for a selfie over there in that moment. You, Brandon, Brandon, you don't understand all the selfies. Dave Dave is like pure tourist the entire time. Hey, but we, oh, we yeah. talked about it before. Atlantic City's a dump. It, it's like so, okay. Dump so wait, no, hold on, hold on. Dave has never been there, and I told him a hundred percent not to get his hopes up. But I understand because it was his first time being there <laughs> that he'd be like, "What's this? What's this? What's this? The lights, the flash, yeah, the I, smog." <laughs> yeah, it was. All right, so it was my first time there, and of course, I went to Vegas, uh, what, two years ago, and I knew it wasn't going to be anything like Vegas. I knew that. I thought that maybe the casinos would be a little bit uplifting. Maybe we ha- we were going to have some lights all over the place, some show tunes and stuff like that. I go into there, and I'm like, right away, I'm like, all right, I want to go to the boardwalk. I want to go to this casino. Like, Chris and Sal were not having it at all. You know, I, I kind of had a game plan of I wanted to make sure that I have no reason to come back. You know, like I wanted <laughs> like you, I get thought, you stepped on the floor 14. I think you would have had the idea that you never wanted to come back. Did you get taffy yeah. even or no? Did I get happy? Taffy. There's saltwater taffy. taffy. No. no, no, I did not get taffy. So we, we ended up um, stepping out of there. And I'll tell you, Atlantic City. It is an armpit of pits. <laughs> it is an armpit. Um, I get to the boardwalk. after. Okay, so after the event and everything, I we want to get out. We want to go to a casino, which I I think that we were kind of just playing to me. Right, Chris? Yeah, you wanted to go to a casino. I lost yeah. 20 bucks in like five minutes. I just wanted to drink PBRs all night, and I did. It was yeah, I, yeah, I, I appreciate that. PBR. Yeah, I appreciate that from you and Sal that you guys were cool with, like, coming out with me and stuff like that. Like, I really appreciate that. I really wanted to get out there and stuff. Uh, Chris right away and Sal go to a slot machine. I'm like, we have to find the penny slots because the penny slots, nah, there's specific that's penny something slots. You, that's penny that's slots, something though. he would have learned from his grandmother, right? No, no, no. So that's <laughs> – no, no. So so there are penny slots. Like, I found them um, uh, after, but you have to find the ones that are uh, – one to nine rows the ones that we were started with were like 18 to and above rows so of course the more rows the more money it is that's why the money goes down so quick so i was trying to find the least amount of rows which would have required walking around and everything like that but um so like we we sat down and everything right and around 12 30 you guys wanted to go back to the hotel and i'm like i just put in a request for a pina colada you know yeah, Dave's drinking pina coladas at the slots. Yeah, he texted yeah, me. I was like, I, gross. <laughs> yeah, you know, I was just in it. I haven't had a pina colada in a long time. And I was just like, you know what? I I just want a pina colada. I just want to do me. I just want to chill. So I got a pina colada. So I got like, two it's hot coladas. girl summer. <laughs> yeah, right? I I So I had that. And then they went back to the room. Uh, so then after that, I decided, you know what? I also, so since Vegas, I got into this kick of if, 
if I go to a casino, I want to collect uh, the dollar tokens um, from the casino because it says the city that it's from and it says the casino that you've been to. So it's a great souvenir. So I got one from the Hard Rock because that's where we were at. And then they went back and I was just like, okay, well, Caesar's Palace isn't too far. I walk over there. I go in there. I I take in all the statues. I'm like, oh, this is really cool. The architect. I love architecture. Caesar's is really nice. So, I like Caesar's. It was. It it was really nice. It was the nicer one on the strip. Um, the, the strip. Crowd, the boardwalk, brother. Yeah, the boardwalk. <laughs> sorry. The boardwalk. So then I go. I see the big statue and everything like that. I go outside. And I'm like, okay. Let's go to the next one. So I start walking down. Right now it's like probably like 1 a.m., 1.30 a.m. And I'm like, all right, let's go to the next one. I go to uh, uh, Bally's. Um, and I go into there. And I'm like, at each place I'm tossing in a few coins over here, a few coins over there. But I'm picking up my tokens. And then I end up at this Wild Wild West Casino. Yeah. Let me let me tell you. Now that, if AC was the armpit, that was the odor. It was like such a young crowd i walk in they're playing they're like yelling rage against the machine and i'm like okay this is definitely on another level that i am not ready for so i walked around i got my token i walked right out and i look across and i'm like okay the only thing that i have to get to now is tropicana and then i realize it's on the other damn side of the boardwalk and i'm like crap all right, I really have to make sure I never come back. I never have a reason to come back here. Wait, did, oh, so, you did go to Tropicana, okay. Yeah, so this it was like at 2 a.m. now, and I'm like, crap. So I start walking, and then I look back, and I'm like, crap. I'm at the, like, I'm so far away from the showboat now. I might as well just keep on going. So I kept on walking and walking and walking. I'm taking in the sights. I see the, the place where, I guess, the Miss America statue is, and... A bunch of the touristy. Dave things. took a selfie with that. Wait, wait, wait. The Miss America <laughs> statue is is before Trump, no? Yeah, it's before. Yeah, right before outside Trump. Boardwalk Hall where WrestleMania three and uh, four and five were. Okay, so I saw that. That's where the Miss I America all the way down. Were, or are. Yeah, I walk all the way down to the Tropicana, all the way down, and I get my token, and I'm like, okay, I got my token. I'm exhausted. I'm ready to go to sleep. I step outside, dude. It, like, turned into walking dead out there. Like, I I walked out there, and everything, the mood changed. Taz's theme song started playing, and let me tell you something, brother. It was awful. You had people, like, you had the college students combined with the crackheads. And I was just like, oh, no. I have to get back to this oh, show. Oh, no. Yeah, I was just like, okay. I'm like, all right, I'm going to take a picture because at this point I was just like, all right, I'm taking a picture and I'm posting it to Instagram right now just so this way people know that like where I'm at. So I get to the boardwalk and I'm like, I start to go and all I hear is, do you have any change? And I'm like, okay, damn it. I have to jog. I have to jog this right now. So, so I jogged all the way from Tropicana back to the showboat. It took me about 20, 20 minutes, maybe 20 minutes to 25 uh, I think because I got back to the showboat around three, between three and three thirty a.m. I think I got back in there. I'm like uh, safe zone, and then once I get in there, I ended up running into like I ended up seeing a uh, schlock and a few other wrestlers, and I'm like okay, I'm 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 at home base. <laughs> so then I ended up going up to the hotel room, and I all was good. All was good. Dave, 
Dave took a selfie with Ricky Shane Page. Yes. Yes, I did. I, I didn't even I did. know. I, and Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say, I didn't no. even realize, like, when Dave told me last week that he was sta- that you guys were staying at the showboat, I was like, that makes no sense. The showboat was closing when I was there last. <laughs> so they, they, closed, they closed, and I guess the casino closed for good, but the hotel reopened. Yes, but that's like that. That place I checked into, and they were literally like they took us. They they gave us our room, and it was completely unmade. Oh, good. That so that's kind of like our entire floor because we walked off the elevator, and our entire floor was unmade. They still had construction going on. I don't know. I don't mean unmade as in like not finished. I meant yeah, like I, I unmade up. Meant, like but it was. It was like somebody slept there like seconds before we got there. Yeah, I I don't blame you. I I know someone's that's not going to get a good review on Trip TripVisor or whatever it no. is. But you guys you guys missed a, uh, a a nearby staple of the Atlantic City area. What's that? Lucy the elephant. Listen, the we elephant. went to okay. Let's get back to wrestling here. Let's get okay. back. We went to Cracker Barrel the next morning. It was awesome. Fantastic. The end of our the only stories. reason to go now, to Atlantic City really. It of was course. like an hour out. But yes, regardless, but it's superwrestlingtees.com slash market out. Now we do manscaped.com, um, brother. What? What? Use the code regardless, 20% off. Free shipping. Hey. It, still, it still works. Amen. So let's get back <laughs> to wrestling here. I, I, like, I thought the event itself was really fun, but the main event here, Matt Cardona wins the GCW World Heavyweight Championship in a freaking death, death match. Bravo to him. Honestly, because he kind of, again, he, he's trending on Twitter. You know, like, remember, like, he, he's always he's always going to be relevant, Matt Cardona. And this, I think, was maybe the biggest match of his career. Um, uh, I don't know if we could say that. Yeah, I wouldn't say that. Why? Sorry. Was I he, mean, he won the Intercontinental Championship at WrestleMania. Yeah, yes. I think that was... It's up... Well, okay. 100,000 It, it can people. be debated. I, it can yeah, be okay. Purely, but did, like, that, like, shake the wrestling industry to its core. But I don't, I, I think what, what I could say about this victory for him is that I, not that I'm saying he wants to come back to WWE, but that's like a match that'll be on WWE's radar perhaps and be like, Oh, maybe we can use him in like a main event sort of way. Oh yeah. I, well, I honestly, I never thought that. But, he why, was but here's, off the here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Why does it have to be about WWE? I'm just saying, like, because WWE right now is the company. It's the biggest company. There's no denying that. But I'm saying, like, guys like well, Drew McIntyre go away like, to... Why do you have to... But the thing is, like, why do you have to compare it to WWE? Why, at the end of the day, does your, like, tunnel vision go right into WWE? It's just making well, my... him bigger in... It can, it's making him bigger in just professional wrestling. Right, but I'm... Yeah, but but, but, but if do, you compare you... it to somebody like Drew... Drew, Gul- uh, Drew Gulak. Drew McIntyre. Like he he got released from WWE, made a huge name for himself out on the independence, in Impact Wrestling and other places, and was rehired by WWE, became WWE champion. Now I definitely agree with you on that. You know WWE is trying to sign a lot of people and everything. I, I understand the point of just being on the radar. I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean WWE or whatever or AEW. No comparison, but it does. I mean, it does, it is a blimp on the radar. I I totally understand what you're saying with that, and I I agree. You know, it's definitely okay. one of those matches that gets everybody talking. In but like Chris said, it gets it's, it changes everything. It really does. 
bring a lot of attention to Matt, brings a lot of attention to GCW. And it's going to be very interesting to see how this plays into AEW too, because during that main event, you had Judas play. Uh, Chris, his because Nick Gage's opponent at AEW this week was uh, Nick Gage. Well, Chris Jericho. So yes. the yeah, so the entire fact that all of this is interplayed for with no, I think everybody can agree this lit a fire in the independent. I don't in pro wrestling because it's just fun to see all of the the intertwined stuff that's taking place right now well it's like now the door is like you know we're we're still in this pandemic so now the doors are finally kind of opening again for people to like be be, well it's probably gonna go back because everyone sucks um but (laughs) the doors are finally opening again for people to like go to big shows and they can get crowds and all of these big major companies can get um, you know, fans back in. Yeah. And this was like one of those moments where it's like they couldn't do this match with like 20 fans. You know, no. or like the limitations that they had. They had a full rocking crowd that night. Everybody was into it. And the reaction showed. And we've been, for the past year, living without fans. Seeing independent shows with like a hundred people in it that were running outside. This is like one of the first big instances where you're seeing the importance of crowds being there because that moment, you wouldn't have got that moment with, with a little amount of fans. You wouldn't have people throwing beer bottles, pizza cutters. um, Wait, people were throwing pizza cutters. So there's, there's stills of people throwing pizza cutters. That's dude, yeah. There's... Smart gun action figures, you know, stuff like that. I mean, that's the one thing I will say. Some of the fans suck. Oh, you I know. know, you know. Why are you gonna throw? First off, why are you gonna throw a full bottle at a person? Not just it's a, a who? It's a human being. Why are you gonna throw a can full of beer that's heavy and weighted at someone's head? Also, why are you gonna throw a pizza cutter? Let's say it doesn't hit your intended target of Matt, which is idiotic, and it hits somebody else. There was a child in the crowd. There was yes. a child sitting in front of us. Yes, you know, was... what happens if it hits somebody? Like, I say, like, you have to use some logic. I get it. You want to lose yourself in the environment of a being a pro wrestling fan, but that doesn't exempt you from being, using your your rational thought and using common sense. Don't be an idiot. I see. I see both sides of the sword here. Wait, but um, a pizza cutter is a dangerous thing to, to, to throw. No, I mean, absolutely. Yeah, no, like, no, but like throwing beer bottles and stuff like that, that's fine. Throwing pizza cutters, uh, a story in it. Also, a, uh, I, I'm leaning towards the And who the throws empty... a Billy Gun action figure? I, yeah, right. I feel like that's even safer than a closed beer can. But also, nah. too, like, eliciting that amount of heat from a crowd, because, like, Nick Gage is the god of GCW. Me and Dave saw his entrance. It was a mosh pit. He runs out and everybody meets him at the entranceway and he, he just goes through all of them and is going nuts. They love him. Remember when John Rocker used to come to Shea Stadium and pitch against the Mets? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Remember people were throwing stuff at him too. So it's of course. eliciting I'm... that same reaction. 
I'm gonna. I, I, the, I, I'm not a fan of it personally because I mean, look at what happened recently at uh, what was it, Yankee Stadium or Fenway Park, where in the outfield somebody threw a beer can at the player. They, they got threw a baseball I, at him. Yeah, a baseball. baseball at, you at Yankee baseball Stadium. Yeah, and they're banned from Yankee Stadium for life. I mean, look at what happened. They're banned in the from NBA. every stadium. Every stadium, Mike. I'm sorry. Look at the NBA for the NBA playoffs. You had p- people pouring popcorn and stuff like that. There has to be a line drawn. And I'm sorry. I think that you have to be a. Don't be an idiot. I think that you cannot lay your hands on a wrestler or any person. I think you shouldn't throw anything at anyone. I think that you should sit in your seat. You should stand up, but you should remain on your side of the barrier. That's like the the very first yeah, no barrier, AEW Dave. show that showed up. The fan jumped the barricade. Oh no! It was like a couple weeks ago with Jericho. Uh... Well, yeah, the first the first li- I think it was the first live fan back outside of yeah. really? Daly's place that for that Friday, right? Yes. People are idiots. Um, but I see both sides of the sword here. Uh, should be safe. Shouldn't throw pizza cutters. The fact that he got that sort of response is, you know, one of those things. Oh, you yeah. know, it's like Bully Ray at lockdown when he beat Jeff Hardy for the Impact World Title. It's like Hogan when he became the third man. You have you, wrestling fans, fans have given those reactions before. Yeah. Okay, and, oh, then he, and then he took the title so, to Disneyland as promised. Yeah. <laughs> it was awesome. It was great. And what about the? Did you guys see like that two minute promo he cut afterwards? Yeah. I watched it a, it a bunch of times. Awesome. I was talking to Anthony, my bandmate in Thracian, and Lost Becomes, and he was on this podcast once or twice. And he's like, that was the best promo of his career. Because you felt that he meant every single word. You could tell that he was out of it a little bit from being in a death match, but he still cut this fantastic promo. And it was, it was awesome. In the style of Home Alone yeah. 2. That's what the I love you thing was from? <laughs> I, oh. I believe so. I was That's trying funny. to put my finger on what it was. And I was like, I'm like, this sounds so familiar. <laughs> I, I couldn't realize what it was. But congratulations to Always Ready Mad Cardona. Um, I'm so excited to see where it goes from here. I know the next night at Homecoming Part 2, uh, they announced uh, Team MDK, which is going to be Nick Gage, um, Effie, Somebody else against all of four four zero in a war games match, which would be pretty cool. Um, and also, too, I want to talk to Dave about how is it. Be, we got like a death match before that too, because Drew Parker, fresh off winning the Big Japan Death Match Championship, flew from Japan right to Atlantic City and faced Alex Cologne for the G, for a title for title match and won the GCW Ultraviolet Championship. What were your thoughts about seeing a death? Because me and Dave have had conversations about deathmatch wrestling. He's not a fan of it. You know, it's ridiculous. They're trying to murder each other. Like, seeing it live now, what has your perspective kind of changed on it at all? You know, it's like watching a car crash where you just, it's hard to look away. I really wanted to look away. I also kind of feel like this sort of wrestling should be illegal. Um, but that's just based on, and I think that there should have been mats play, uh, on the outside of the ring for the wrestler's safety. I guess it, but that's, that's, that's just, probably not even regulated in Jersey. Yeah. So that's, that, I mean, just from my like healthcare perspective is that I think it really should be illegal. I don't think that anybody should be doing this sort of stuff that they were doing, no matter how much money it's, it's barbaric. 
um, and dangerous. It's but blood and guns, pal. To the, yeah, but to the same aspect, I get what all the fans are hyped over to see some of this stuff. It's it uh, it's one of those shocking. It's like watching that uh, horror movie. You know that that scare, that thing is about to happen. It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen, and then it happens. You're like, oh, okay, okay. Like let's let's keep on watching for more. You know, it's it's similar to something like that where um, you wanted to see what was gonna happen next. I personally, I don't know. It's it's it's. I get the excitement, but it's still not something that I would go out of my way to it's not your cup of tea yeah yeah okay all right yeah but did you enjoy i get every everybody has their own cup of teas yeah i i totally there's no doubt i i loved it i i enjoyed myself i i loved the company i uh like being around sal and chris it was incredible um it was pro wrestling it was pro wrestling we saw pro we saw an independent show live yeah so Hopefully, we're not going in the wrong direction where we can get more of these and we can go to more of these things. Yeah, I, I mean, we even got to see, we even got to see Two Cold Scorpio. I know, and Two Cold Scorpio versus Grim Reefer. Yeah, <laughs> in um, 2021. Gotta... Yeah, in 2021, the a wrestler that stood out to me that I want to put oh, uh, this guy Nolan Edward. Okay. Versus AJ, versus AJ Gray. It was a short match, but AJ Gray picked them up the victory over Nolan Edward. Both of those wrestlers, I was so impressed by. Never, I AJ Gray I knew of, Nolan Edward I'm not aware of, but they got the crowd into it so much that people were throwing money into the ring after the match. I didn't even I was, realize that. I think I had to go yeah, to they were tossing, yeah, they were tossing money into the ring. I, I loved that match. And then somebody that I have never seen before, Tony Deppin, I was highly impressed with. Oh, Tony yeah, Deppin's great. awesome. Oh, he rules! Yeah. I've been I've yeah, been following Ring impressed. of Honor. Where else was he? Um, I know he did PWG. Before was he in Chikara a little bit? I I don't know if he was in Chikara. I know like he did some time with, C, with CZW. I know Anthony like Anthony told me about him because he went to an IC, ICW show. Like there's no whole bar show that he wrestled on there. Mm-hmm. So he told me about it, and then I started watching more of his stuff. I was like, oh, this guy rules! He and he owns, was, he owns a brewery. He was in Chikara. He was okay. okay, and and the thing I thought was like because to me Tony Deppin, I just I was working about a TV champion. Yeah, I, I just assumed that he was this hardcore guy from CZW that I probably want to be a fan of, but he was very technical. He played to the crowd. Um, reminded me a little bit of a, a um, what's his face a Gulak style a little bit. Okay, yes, like, I could see that. You know that technical aspect, and I I was impressed. I'm wearing my Tony Depp and t-shirt right now, actually. There you go. Perfect. So, yeah, all in all, GCW, a lot of fun. Um, So, it was a good time. Hopefully, we get to see more independent wrestling live in person soon. I think GCW is coming to Queens. I think Laboom sometime in the fall. So, hopefully, uh, we can go to that. That would be fun. Definitely. Now, I'm going to... Let Chris and Dave say goodbye. They'll be back a bit later on. I'm going to talk about AEW Fight for the Fallen, which opened up with the Elite defeating Hangman Page and the Dark Order. The video package for Hangman, Adam Page, and the Dark Order I thought was goofy. 
Um, but they had a really cool like eight person entrance after that. And then the elite had a uh, space jam themed entrance and they played basketball. They came out as the elite squad. They had get ready for this as their theme song. And I swear to God, I never wanted to turn AEW off faster than at that moment. Space Jam is literally one of my favorite movies of all time. And that almost, it hurt to watch. It was so cringe. Like I said the other week, AEW does exist in the Space Jam realm. As per something mentioned in Space Jam 2. But only a WWE superstar appears in that movie. I hated that entrance. But this match was an elimination match. It came down to Omega and the Young Bucks versus Adam Page. Kenny Omega, behind the referee's back, uses the title to win. I just, I could not get that cringe out of my system. Um... I hated the the end of this match because the referee had the opportunity to take the title away. He took he picked up the title, put it back down. That's not storyline. But I believe Hangman Page can no longer challenge Kenny Omega for the championship due to losing that match. Backstage, Pac was being interviewed. It was supposed to be the Death Triangle, all three of them, but I think what I got out of that was Andrade sent them a limo, so they were delayed. I could not understand a single thing Andrade was saying. Ricky Starks had the FTW celebration with a brass band to play him out to the ring because he's from New Orleans. He cut a really good promo here against Brian Cage. Brian Cage cut this off, and he attacked the band. Grabbed a trombone, they ran off, and Jim Ross, I don't know if he's throwing shade at Xavier Woods or not, saying trombones don't belong anywhere near wrestling or something like that. There's no place in wrestling for trombones. Everybody knows the best tag team in the world, New Day, uses one. After that, we saw FTR pick up the victory over Santana and Ortiz. I was surprised here. The fans, like, loved Santana and Ortiz. And I was kind of surprised because they were in North Carolina. Tully Blanchard was out there with FTR. I thought for sure FTR would have been like over, beyond over in North Cackalack. But that wasn't the case. Um, There was a goofy spot where the referee definitely should have counted three for Ortiz. But I think the match might have ended early because of Wheeler getting hurt. He got cut on the the turnbuckle or something like that. Uh, After that, Britt Baker had a backstage promo. Her wrist is broken due to her match last week with Nyla Rose. Um, I, I don't know. I feel like nothing really came of this, though. And I wish it took place in the ring so she could have gotten like that live crowd pop I feel like the crowd was very on and off throughout the whole night they announced on August 20th the 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 first dance 
will be the title of Rampage that week. It'll be taking place in Chicago at the United Center. And like I said, why would anybody care about Chicago? Why do I, watching the show at home, care about a venue? Obviously, there's teases of CM Punk, but I'm not going to let myself buy into that. Because the last time everybody did that, they didn't get Brock Lesnar. They didn't get John Cena. They didn't get CM Punk. So, who knows? I, I just, I think Fridays at 10 p.m. is maybe one of the worst time slots for, for wrestling. It airs after SmackDown, but I know all these CM Punk rumors will draw people in to want to watch Rampage. I'm just not going to let myself buy into rumors. Even if it's like 100% confirmed, until there's like an actual thing from AEW that says CM Punk is signed by AEW, I I can't buy into that. They cut to Darby Allin and Sting. Darby Allin teases CM Punk. Or Shane McMahon, because Shane McMahon is also the best in the world. Earlier in the night, they aired a promo from Tanahashi where they... Uh, where he basically just challenged the IWGP US champion, whoever won. I thought that was really cool. Later on, Moxley cut a promo on Tanahashi about how Tanahashi's been dodging him. But Lance Archer picked up the victory over Hikaleu to retain the IWGP US championship. It was cool that King Haku was with him. Uh, I feel like nothing really happened in this match, though. It was a fine match, but AEW didn't really give a reason for the fans to care. And ultimately, I think the bigger takeaway is that Tanahashi's promo is going to lead to Tanahashi versus Lance Archer. And we all thought it was going to take place on Dynamite, but it's actually taking place in Los Angeles for New Japan. After that, probably the hottest uh, moment of the night, Cody... In, in Gorilla, he was about to talk about Malachi Black. Malachi Black attacks him. Cody drags him out to the, to the arena's ball. They brawl. Uh, Malachi Black comes out on top here. He hits Fuego del Sol with a black mess. North Carolina booed Cody Rhodes loud as can be. And I thought that was hilarious. I thought it was fantastic that Malachi Black got such a loud pop from them versus Cody getting such the the heat, which I think maybe, I don't know if it's supposed to be vice versa or what. The fans were not caring for Cody Rhodes, though. So that was cool. Miro had a promo, randomly facing Lee Johnson next week for the U.S. Championship. Uh, Not the U.S. Championship, the TNT Championship. Uh... How did Lee Johnson get a title shot? After that, Christian Cage, Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus picked up the victory over Private Party and Angelico. Christian, at one point, chases Matt to the back of the, to the uh, backstage, I guess. I don't think Matt returned, but Matt got a, a good pop there. Christian got a big pop as well. Um, I think that's the highlight of this match. Outside a private party dressed like the Hardy Boys, which I pop for. Uh, and then afterwards, Blade knocked Christian out with the, the brass knuckles. 
Match after that, Thunder Rosa picked up the victory over Julia Hart. Pretty quick match. Not a lot of women represented on Dynamite this week. Now that Thunder Rosa is signed with AEW, I would have preferred for this match to not be against somebody like Julia because it didn't really do anything to showcase her. And I think she should definitely be showcased and built up because she's with the Varsity Blondes. Um, But it was really just ultimately a showcase match for Thunder Rosa. Main event saw Chris Jericho pick up the victory over Nick Gage in a no-rules match. Definitely a weird match for Chris Jericho. And I was definitely surprised that Chris Jericho, he, he took the light tube spots. He did the, the all the glass spots that they did. Um, and then the Painmaker finishes the match. He uses the Poison Mist, hits the Judas Effect, picks up that victory. Uh, I think it's it's fine if deathmatch wrestling is your thing, but I just I didn't care for this match at all. I, and and due to how violent it comes across, I don't really understand how a match like that is not like the final boss in a series of five before Jericho gets to MJF. Another big thing that I pop for, though, after the match, MJF announced the third labor, which is that Chris Jericho in his next match has to win the match by using a top rope move and he's going to be facing Juventud Guerrera. And I really think, outside of Malachi Black, this is definitely my favorite thing to come from this episode. Because I'm such a fan of Hoovy. And he and Chris Jericho had good chemistry in WCW. And it's been over 20 years. So I'm excited to see something like that it's something that, like, if they were if they were to ever do, like, a WCW reunion show and they threw that on there, I would have been more than satisfied with that. So, I'm excited to see next week's uh, AEW Homecoming. It's the fifth themed show in a row. Um, I don't know. I just, to me, AEW feels like a, uh, a monthly indie show where you can follow some storylines but you really don't need to know what's going on. And I don't know if that's a good thing. But that was AEW fight for the Fallen moving over to Impact Wrestling. It opens up with Gia interviewing Scott Demore about a, I believe, a big rumor. But Tommy Dreamer cuts us off and said that Kenny Omega still needs an opponent for Emergence. Scott then puts him in charge of it, and later on, Omega was doing some goofy segment. Dreamer said there will be a battle royal in two weeks to determine who will face Kenny Omega. First match of the evening, Good Brothers picked up the victory over Chris Bay and Jay White. I thought it was cool to see a new Bullet Club versus old Bullet Club here. I I feel like I hardly care about Bullet Club these days, but... They didn't even make a big deal out of this. It was literally the current leader of Bullet Club versus the former leader. And I just felt like they like under, I don't know, sold it. I feel like that could have been like a a way bigger match than it was. And I was hoping that Chris Bay was going to pick up the victory. But later on, Chris Bay spoke about being in Bullet Club. 
Jay White cuts him off, tells him he's not there yet. And after losing, he's not quite ready, but he can make it up and redeem himself. After that, Fire and Flavor were backstage talking about Havoc and Rosemary. Fala cuts them off to ask uh, about being uh, homecoming partners. Kiara Hogan accepted, but Tasha Steeles was the actual person he was asking. And then Tasha Steeles kind of threw Kiara Hogan under the bus for being pinned. Next matchup, Taylor Wilde picked up a victory over Caleb with a K, which is always cool to see intergender wrestling matches. Um, Caleb tried to cheat. The referee stopped him. He tried to cheat again. Taylor Wilde ducked it. They go outside of the ring. She hits a nice tornado DDT using the ring apron uh, and then hits the Poison Rana and a German suplex to pick up that victory. Josh Alexander we saw wanting challengers. Scott Demore sets up Josh Alexander versus Black Taurus for homecoming. After that, Deanna Perrazzo was interviewed about Triple Mania and NWA in power and whether or not she feels that she's doing too much. And she got pissed off and she questioned whether or not Kenny Omega would be asked questions like that. They, they had Perrazzo there introduce that she's training with some uh, MMA woman. And she also said that because she doesn't think she's doing too much, she's going to enter herself in the homecoming tournament. I um, I was surprised that they even mentioned Triple Mania because it's taking place in two weeks. AEW is not, and I don't think they will. After that, Finn Juice teamed up with Fala and No Way to pick up the victory over Ace Austin, Madman Fulton. Uh, Shira and Rohit Raju. I, I just really like No Way's theme song, and I want to buy it, but I don't know what it is. But it was a quick, fun match. I thought uh, there still wasn't anything that was going to happen with Jay White and, and David Finley. But afterwards, we saw Jay and Bay attack Finn Juice. We had another Drama King vignette, so we're just waiting on the day that he shows up in Impact. We saw the Elite come out. Don Callis spoke about Kenny Omega beating Sammy Callahan at Slammiversary and the Good Brothers beating uh, Jay White and Chris Bay earlier in the night. Sammy Callahan came out with a baseball bat and said that he's going to win the Battle Royal, but he wants to have a match before that, and he got it. Already cleared with Scott, he's going to be teaming up with two partners to take on the Elite next week, and Kazarian jumped the guardrail, fought with the Elite, and the Elite escaped. But I thought it was really cool to see Kazarian back in Impact Wrestling there, and then Tommy Dreamer said that he'll get them a tag team partner, and Kazarian's like, we need you, Tommy, and Tommy's like, nah. I got you, but you're not going to like it. And uh, he whispered a name to them. And uh, we'll get to that. We saw a quick Sue Young and Kimberly segment where Kimberly was done up like Sue Young. So that stems from Father James Mitchell, I guess, turning Kimberly into whatever she's going to be going by now. 
After that, Brian Myers spoke about finding a partner for homecoming. He thought about getting Beulah. And then Sam Beal only had the old ECW hotline number. So Brian called up Francine and she said there's not a chance that she's going to be teaming with him because she wasn't the first pick. And I popped that because I wanted Brian and Francine to be the team. Now it's just a big mystery who will be Brian Myers' tag team partner. Same thing, we don't know who Deanna Perrazzo's tag team partner will be. After that, Rich Swan and Willie Mack picked up the victory over Diener and Rhino. This match didn't really do anything for me. We had a Swingers Palace segment where they were taking bets on Chris Saban versus Moose. Chelsea Green and Matt Cardona showed up. P.D. Williams and Jordan Grace also showed up. And W. Morrissey cut it off and got in Alicia's face and just spoke to her about Eddie Edwards and said that he's not going to be coming home safe and sound after the match that he has with him at homecoming. Eddie Edwards cut a promo on W. Morrissey after this, basically guaranteeing that he's walking out the victor. Tommy Dreamer shows up, pitches tagging with Kazarian and Sammy Callahan next week. Tommy gives him a few reasons why Eddie should team with Sammy and Eddie, uh, I mean, and Kazarian. And uh, Eddie goes, I don't trust Sammy Callahan, but I trust you. So he agreed to, to team with them. Main event, Moose picked up the victory over Chris Sabin. Couldn't care less about this match. Just like Slammiversary. The only thing different is the winner. I just want Chris Sabin to be on the top of the company. But after the match, Moose tries to toss Chris Sabin out of the ring like a battle royal. Sabin gets back in, hits Moose with a crossbody from the top, followed by a suicide dive, and then it gets broken up by security. I think Chris Sabin would be the favorite to win that battle royal. And I think Chris Sabin should be the person that becomes the next Impact champion. But that was Impact Wrestling. Going to take a quick commercial break here. You'll hear a word from our sponsors over at Manscaped. And we'll be right back here on Marking Out. Support for Marking Out is brought to you by Manscaped, who are the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Look, I mean, I've done it. Dave's done it. Brandon's never done it. You're down there. You, sh- you know, shave it up, making sure everything looks clean and fresh, and you get a nick. Get a little cutsky there. And it stinks. It's no it, it's no fun whatsoever. So that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. It's the ball hair trimmer equivalent of Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker at WrestleMania 25. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. Because we all know that Brandon's gonna need it. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower. So that way, you don't make a mess all over your bathroom. The one coolest feature is the LED light which illuminates grooming areas for a closer, more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. So that way, I can charge my more 3.0, my camera batteries, and my phone all on the same shelf. Huzzah! If you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it 
firsthand for yourself. Trim that junk of yours and get 20% off and free shipping with the code REGARDLESS. That's one for this uh, read at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code REGARDLESS. That's two for this read at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code REGARDLESS. That's three for this read. And folks, if you want your boomer sooner to be fruity, delicious, fruity, fruity, delicious, fruity, delicious, well, then use the code REGARDLESS to get 20% off and free shipping. That's now four for this read. Don't forget to sauce it. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Marking Out episode 547. Go to manscaped.com. Use that code regardless. Get yourself 20% off and free shipping. Pick up the lawnmower 4.0. Get some uh, some some deodorant there, some t-shirts, some boxers, anything that your heart desires is there. Going to start talking about WWE now with some Monday Night Raw. With some Monday Night Raw. (laughs) Okay, 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 fine, fine. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. I wasn't going to do it because of my voice just coming back, but go ahead. We're going to move over to some Monday Night Raw. Mm, Monday Night Nitro. It opens up with Nikki Ash uh, basically just saying that if you believe in yourself, you can overcome the odds. A great inspirational speech. One of, I would say, perhaps two inspirational speeches this week uh, on a one program. The other program happened at NXT. But Charlotte Flair came out. And said that Nikki Cross or Nikki Ash as champion is a disgrace. I think Flair kind of lost the promo here and started to laugh at the fans' reaction, reacting to her. But Rhea Ripley came out, cut that off, and spoke about how Flair got DQ'd on purpose last week because she knew that Rhea Ripley would win. This was all about SummerSlam, and Sonya Deville, Adam Pierce came out. Set up a triple threat match for SummerSlam for the Raw Women's Championship. And Charlotte wasn't not really completely satisfied with that as she wanted a match with Nikki Cross on Monday Night Raw. And Nikki agreed to it. Charlotte attacks Rhea Ripley and Nikki Cross dropkicks Charlotte out of the ring to end that segment. So I... It started off strong, kind of maybe lost it, and then by the end it was it was okay, but Yeah, it started Still. to come back. I mean, I think that Nikki ASH is uh, becoming a solid character. Yeah. Um, next up you had Damian Priest pick up the victor over Sheamus to become the number one contender. Um during this match, Sheamus losing the mask. Yeah, and uh Damian Priest eventually took advantage of that. I liked, uh, af- I think it was after he lost his mask. I'm not sure if it was before or after when he did the uh, the choke slam on the tight the tightrope walk. I I think after. I thought that was pretty cool, but yeah, Priest took advantage of that, got that victory, and now he's 
number one contender, although I'm confused by it because it made it seem commentary was like, oh, well, that definitely puts him in talks for a title shot. It's like, what do you mean it puts him in talks? Of course it does. He yeah, just became the number one contender according to the stipulation. Yeah, how, how does it? But who knows? I don't understand. Just like I don't understand the next match, AJ Styles and Amos picked up the victory over the Viking Raiders to retain the Raw Tag Team Championships, and it's very annoying to me because we just saw this last Sunday at the pay-per-view. A, why did this take place again? I don't have a B, but why did it take place again? <laughs> if, it's not, if, it's, if it's not going to have had like a different outcome here. Mm-hmm. It made no sense. Yeah, no, it... It Regardless of how fun it. and entertaining the match was, the outcome was annoying. We need that, new that's champions. That's a solid... I agree, that's... Oh, whoa, hey. Whoa. Or whoa, we whoa, need whoa. them to defend it against, like, teams that are, like, not going to be, like, oh, AJ Styles and Amos versus Viking Raiders again next week. Thank you. You better watch your language over there, son. <laughs> Don't you be talking that that garbage about also AJ losing. Styles using all these moves to hit finishers to to not just exclusively use the forearm. Ended the match with the springboard four fifty this week. That's true. We haven't uh, seen him do that for a finish in a while. Yeah. After that, we saw Veer pick up the victory over Drew McIntyre via disqualification. We had Jinder Mahal come out before the match, and he wanted Drew McIntyre to apologize or face a lawsuit for what he did to Shanky last week. And that that part for me was okay. The match itself, I was fine with the match, but the outcome had me super confused because they first announced Drew McIntyre as the winner via disqualification, so like. I couldn't be anything but confused. Mm-hmm. So Jinder Mahal introduces a chair into the ring. Veer takes it, gets hit with a claymore. The chair went into his face. Drew McIntyre, I would say, technically used the chair. So him getting DQ'd or winning via DQ had me like, that makes no sense. But they mentioned afterwards that uh, that Veer was, in fact, the winner of that match. And then we saw Drew McIntyre hit the attorney with the Claymore afterwards. I was just, like, I don't know. I thought that it was a good match. Of course, you knew the outcome. You knew it was going to happen. Yeah, I thought it was like, good. People were like, oh, why wasn't it a squash match? And it's like, you why? need to build up, for me at least, you need to build up Veer and Shanky. Yeah, I agree. You can't have a squash match in that. I feel like that's the thing. You can't... Um, automatically i mean i'm gonna say for i'm gonna cut ahead with nxt with josh briggs you know of course the outcome was not what we expected but you can't just have someone like briggs go out or anybody in the breakout tournament have a squat have a total squash match because you need those other wrestlers to start to come out and look so legitimate that, yeah yeah and i feel like that's the same thing with this you can't just have drew mcintyre totally dominate and squash I don't know if it's if it's Veer's choice or whatnot, but if I was in WWE as like if I was Veer, I would a hundred percent be using like a, a knockout punch or something as my finisher because 
he won the million dollar arm contest in India to lead him to a an actual MLB contract for pitching. Ah. But still, I would I would use that or a clothesline or something. Yeah, utilize it. But I don't know if that's like WWE not wanting to or Veer maybe not wanting to. I just think that's a cool you know. factoid. I'll never not think that's cool that he has a uh, a movie made about him. So yeah, use use what you got. But after that, up, we saw had... Tamina and Natalia pick up the victory over Eva Marie and Dewdrop. Uh, Natalia may be injured during this match. Oh no! So that's unfortunate, but. Lily interrupts this with a parody of the evolution, the the Lily Lucian, which distracted Eva Marie, and she got hit with a super kick, and Tamina picked up the victory there. Yeah, um, nothing really else coming out of this match, uh, just the involvement of Alexa Bliss. But next up, you had Karrion Cross pick up a victory over Keith Lee. Keith Lee since returning to Monday Night Raw is zero and two. But so. Karrion- Karrion Cross at least got a W finally. And apparently Cross was going to be the one that lost this week. Yeah, apparently he was supposed to lose to Jeff Hardy again too, right? I don't know if it was against Jeff again, but that would make sense. Jeff has uh, unfortunately gotten COVID. Yeah. Which the stupid, oh, I hate the IWC. They blamed Karrion Cross's match last week or tried to on Jeff Hardy getting COVID or something like that. Why? I can't even like begin to compute that. Because it's the IWC. I just wish they stopped existing. Like it made no sense. I know. Like I hear you. There's just too many of them that make this wrestling community like not good. Yeah. But no as fun. far as this match goes, I would have liked to have seen Samoa Joe here. I'm happy that they at least mentioned NXT Takeover Thirty. Mm-hmm. And how Karrion Cross defeated Keith Lee to become the champion of NXT. And, I mean, it's funny that people last week were disappointed that Jeff Hardy beat Karrion Cross. But now I'm kind of disappointed that Keith Lee lost here. <laughs> I think they I mean, both this was a, wins uh, this week. And both of them faced off against each other in NXT. Well, yeah, that was the championship match. And it wasn't even put up like that. Well, I mean, commentary mentioned it, but again, it uh, you're, it wasn't anywhere close to being, like, takeover quality. Yeah. But I yeah. think they both needed wins here. Mm-hmm. I agree. After that, agree. we saw Mustafa Ali and Mansoor pick up the victory over the former Retribution members, Mace and T-Bar. Uh, I liked Mustafa Ali saving Mansoor during and after the match before anything could happen to him. And I think it was good in that sense, and it was fun, but overall it was kind of like, eh? Um, I don't know. I, I was a big fan of it, especially because the two of them coming together for this. I liked it. I like that aspect, yes. But Yeah, but was... on the other hand, like, yeah, and the, the stuff with Mason T-Bart, I'm like, hmm. Like the, um, I feel like the the way Mansoor won was not smooth, perhaps mm-hmm. not the smoothest. I liked the, what was going to happen, but the way it happened just wasn't good. But 
After that, we saw Bobby Lashley come out and say that he's not even going to dignify Goldberg's challenge with an answer. So right now, we don't know if Goldberg's next. But Cedric Alexander came out and said that he's better than Bobby Lashley. And he went to challenge Bobby Lashley to a championship match, and Shelton Benjamin cuts him off, also wanting a a shot at the WWE Championship. Reuniting briefly... The Hurt Business. Lashley goes on to say that he'll take both of them on at the same exact time. And then proceeds to pick up the victory over both of them. I thought it was cool to I, see Shelton Benjamin and Cedric on the same page here again. Yeah, I I Okay, so when once this happened, I was just like, oh, crap. I just made it through this entire run, and I think I'm watching the wrong episode. <laughs> That's funny. Because <laughs> that's happened before where I'll start to take notes for the podcast, and then it's not till after the fact that I that Brandy informs me that I totally rewatched the wrong stuff because my memory is that shot at times after work. And I saw that, and I'm like, oh, no. But then I was just like, wait, no. This is the correct one. We haven't seen. This is it. So I felt better. But, Yeah. I liked Lashley using the jackhammer in this. Yeah, agreed. But ultimately, agreed. I would just like to see the Minnesota stretching crew reunite and become tag team champions because I think it'd be nice to have Brock Lesnar back and not be in the main event. Uh, Is that realistic? I don't think that's realistic at he all. It has but to be. I don't, I don't know. I'd like to see him and Shelton run raw in the tag division. I to- I totally agree with you on that, but I don't see it happening. No, not at all. But after that, we saw AJ Styles and Amos meet up with The Miz and John Morrison backstage to discuss something, and it leads into John Morrison picking up the victory over Riddle. I liked this match. I liked the fans popping for Riddle kicking Miz over because that, like, that popped me that they got popped from that. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then Riddle got on his back like a turtle and mocked him, which I thought was funny. But AJ Styles and Amos came out during this, and Amos broke Matt Riddle's scooter. Messed up. And AJ. then John, yeah, and then John Morrison used that to adva- to his advantage, picked up the victory. I liked. Awful. I forget what it used to be called. The uh, the razor's edge into the rock bottom that John Morrison did before Starship Pain. I'm such a fan of that move, and I'm happy that we got to see it in WWE. I, I hope he uses it. it more often. I think it was like a Lucha Underground move that he started doing there. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what it was called, though. But AJ Styles beat Matt Riddle down afterwards, hit him with the Styles Clash. I was expecting somebody to make the save. And now yeah. that I'm saying that, it just made sense that maybe that's why AJ and Amos kept the championships. Yeah, I mean, I was expecting, of course, Randy Orton's theme song to Maybe hit. that'll and... be the match at SummerSlam, and they take the titles then. Yeah, and nothing took place, nothing at all. Um, but, yeah, this has to be playing up into Orton coming out with Riddle to make a save, and then Riddle and Orton becoming tag team champions. But, next up, you had Reginald pick up the victory over R-Truth to retain the 24-7 championship. Um... Right off the bat, Reginald had a small little botch 
you know, small he, botch. I was going to talk about his cool trampoline entrance right off the bat. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Sin Cara is sitting around somewhere very jealous because this was awesome. Sin Cara did tweet about it. I know that. Did he? Yeah, he said something like, oh, try doing that in a mask with uh, no eye holes for whatever many times. <laughs> yeah, no, um, that was really impressive. But then right after that, he went up to the turnbuckle and did like that backflip and ended up going a little bit too far and just kind of flopping onto his butt. But he was able to like... No, I don't think that was a botch. I just think that was meant to happen because he got right up into R-Truth's face. I think that was just a save. Re- I don't think it. so. I don't I think, think so, man. I think that was supposed to happen. I don't think so. I think but that I, was I just liked, safe. I liked our truth being mic'd up for the whole match. And it kind of made me think, why hasn't he been mic'd up for all of his matches? For real? You know, I think when, that when he, he came should... out without the handheld microphone, I was like, wait a minute, what's going on here? And then they cut to commercial. And I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like kind of jealous of this crowd that they're probably getting a full performance of what's up. <laughs> and then they came back and he's got the mic on his ear or whatever it was and he called his own match i thought that was fun and the evasion yeah. tactics from reginald's always fun to see oh yeah. but to the outside that was sick the crowd i feel like didn't really care for this match i yeah. feel like they didn't care but after the match reginald dodged the 24 7 crew and got away he was a, a guest on the bump this week and uh, he's sitting there live in studio. John Cone shows up and they're like, oh, God, what's going to happen? Shotzi Blackheart gets up as if she was about to challenge him. And she's like, no, nah, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. And then nobody showed up to win the title from him. It was just like a, a quick tease. So I thought that was fun also. Yeah, for sure. But that's why you got to watch the bump, folks. Yeah, they don't don't sleep on the bump. Main event of the evening, you had Charlotte Flair pick up the victory over the champion, Nikki A.S.H. Uh, Charlotte Flair playing up that heel so, so well. I just, I wasn't a fan of this, and I thought the ending was dumb. And I thought it was dumb to have your brand new champion lose. Clean. I, I just, you know, I well, the thing is, she, I, she kind of recouped it all with her promo after the match saying how she's almost a superhero how she knows that she could lose and really an empowering um aspect and empowering charlotte Charlotte belittled nikki about everything yeah and said that nobody's in her league and i guess that's when people were expecting to see becky lynch there but really why i think so yeah people are expecting her for next week now that she didn't show up this week they're just total they're just going to expect Becky Lynch every single week until she doesn't. No, you have to finish off Charlotte Flair and Nikki ASH. There's not but see, be that's Becky what's annoying that. here is that now Charlotte picks up the victory over Nikki. We're seeing another rematch. She challenged well, you, her and Flair accepted. Well, and you then need attacked to. Nikki Cross. I, I hate that. I'm fine with that because of the storyline with Nikki ASH and her character because she said how... I if you give me another shot, I know I'll beat you. She, like she is the underdog story. How many times are we going to see this match though? We've already seen this multiple times, I feel like. Potentially, but not under this circumstance of her being Nikki ASH. I we're seeing it at SummerSlam basically. 
for now, unless Becky Lynch shows up and it comes exactly it becomes a one on one. That's the thing. That's the thing. I mean, why is Nikki Ash paired up with Summer at SummerSlam with Flair official? It's a, they made that triple threat match. Who's in it? Rhea Ripley. We just discussed this. No, I didn't hear that part. Um, so. I don't know. I could see. So next week, I, there's not going to be Becky Lynch. So you're going to have Nikki pick up the victory over Charlotte Flair with the assistance of Rhea Ripley. I don't think she's going to pick it up cleanly over Charlotte Flair. Well, I don't think she has. I think that she, uh, with her gimmick, she doesn't need the that sort of a, a victory. I think that I think that she's just playing up the character very well, and I'm I'm fine with all of this. Outside of that. No John Cena on Monday Night Raw, but he was there, in fact, and did wrestle after the, the show, teaming with Riddle to, to defeat Mason T-Bar in a dark match. Should you not have had John Cena on Raw? Uh, not needed. He was uh, he was last week. Right, but if he was there, like... Uh, or is that go. just like, I don't we don't care about <laughs> ratings at all, I guess. I don't know. No, uh, uh, just... Not needed. Ratings are people are going to watch no matter what. If, especially if John Cena is not advertised, they're not going to be like, "Oh, John Cena switched over a channel." He got added to the Madison Square Garden show this week, and I'm like, I, I just want to see Bob Backlund versus Roman Reigns. I want to see Edge. It's cool that Cena will be there, but ultimately, I really just want to see Bob Backlund versus Roman Reigns, and we all know that's definitely like not happening. Unless it yeah. happens. I, I talked to the, the Brooklyn Brawler into a match, basically, into existence. You did. But you did. That's, that's Monday Night Raw moving over to NXT, which opens up with Pete Dunne and Oni Larkin picking up the victory over Timothy Thatcher and Tommaso Ciampa. This match, I think, went how people would have expected it to or hoped it to have. Hard-hitting, technical. And all around, I thought it was good. We saw Ridge Holland return during this match. Total shocker. I actually, for some reason, was thinking about where he's, well, uh, when he's coming back recently. But I thought that this was a good return for him. Yeah, he attacked Timothy Thatcher behind the referee's back. And then the three of them beat the two of them down. What's interesting here is that the last time we saw Ridge Holland, he was going up against Oni Lorcan and Danny Burch in October 2020. Yeah, so it makes sense for him to be there. No, it doesn't make sense because now he's he's teaming with Oni Lorcan. And and essentially oh, Pete yeah. Dunn and Danny Birch, they were also in that group. That's true. So that's, that's interesting. True. But after that, we saw Samoa Joe come out, sets up a table, sets up a chair, has a contract in his hand, and he calls William Regal out. And I said it last week, I don't think William Regal is going to be on this week's episode because... Of him being com- like completely taken out by Karrion Cross last week. But he showed up and Samoa Joe said that he either quits or gets reinstated as an active wrestler. And William Regal signs him as an active wrestler, which is just like, holy crap. Definitely wouldn't have seen that coming. I didn't, at least. You were saying that last week. <laughs> and then Samoa Joe introduced another contract for a match against Karrion Cross. At NXT TakeOver 36, 
and William Regal signed that. So we have the official main event of NXT TakeOver 36. I think that's time for Samoa Joe to win the championship, right? I agree with you. I think that Samoa Joe is going to win the championship. There is no other outcome that I could see, but I could definitely see him winning the championship that day. Um, throughout the whole night, we saw L.A. Knight and Cameron Grimes on the golf course. We saw uh, Cameron Grimes just having the time of his life there. I and agree. Oh, uh, you mean gimmick wise? <laughs> yeah, Teddy I, I, I think showed I up. think that he's ha- I think that he's actually having fun with this gimmick as well. Yeah, but Teddy Biasi showed up to give Cameron Grimes a, what I think was a very inspirational speech, and that that goes away. Whatever. Another segment we had the grizzled young veterans involved, which Cameron Grimes accidentally took L.A. Knight out. And then still hit a hole in one. So I thought that was fun. I'm really enjoying these segments. Yeah, they're 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 amazing and so much they're they're incredible. I if you don't like them then I challenge you to a duel. <laughs> and then uh you had mentioned it earlier with Josh Briggs losing to Carmelo Hayes. Uh Hayes advanced in the NXT breakout tournament. I was Hoping for Josh Briggs in the finals. But not anymore. Yeah, both of them, I think, very impressive in their own ways here. And uh, Carmelo Hayes is going to be facing Duke Hudson in the semifinals. I don't know if it's next week or two weeks from now. So Mm -hmm. I feel like Duke Hudson could be going all the way here. I agree. I think they're really playing him up. And I think he could go right into that finals. Yeah. After that, Raquel Gonzalez came out and basically questioned who's next to challenge her for the NXT Women's Championship. Dakota Kai hypes up Raquel Gonzalez, basically saying she's more powerful powerful than, than wrestlers like Charlotte Flair, Rhea Ripley. She might have even thrown Bianca Belair out there as well. And then she questioned who's woman enough to face Raquel Gonzalez. And they said nobody is. They celebrate. And Dakota Kai attacks Raquel Gonzalez. It finally happened. She said, for as long as I will have her back, she will be champion. And now that she no longer has her back, she's coming for that title. So I'm I'm pumped to watch that. I have to assume TakeOver 36. So that should be fun. Um... After that, we saw Zoe Stark pitching that her and Io should be training together since they're tag team champions, and Io Shirai turned her down. And I well, I don't know how that makes sense. Like, why, why would Io get herself into a tag title situation if she wasn't going to put in the work? Well, this this goes into this entire situation of coming into it where. They brought up EO doesn't do well with tag team partners. Even, you know? But she was like, oh, I know you don't like me, but you'll you'll start to or whatever. And it's like, that I, I, that doesn't make sense to me. Like, why would she sign up for that? Yeah. But, uh, or maybe I guess it was just to get to Candice. 
Maybe. Maybe that would make sense. But we saw Mandy Rose talking backstage to JC Jane and Gigi Dolan. Still not 100% sure why Mandy Rose is back in NXT. We don't know. Earlier in the night, they showed a... Uh, an interview with Frankie Monet from last week where she said that she can merge with the, the Robert Stone brand. She could rebuild it, make them stronger, go after the tag team championships and Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter cut them off and told them to get to the back of the line, which sets up this match. I was surprised by the outcome here. Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter picked up the victory over Frankie Monet and Jesse Kamea. Huge shocker. However, I liked how it happened, where Robert Stone threw his shoe at Frankie Monet, causes her the distraction, costs her the match, and Frankie Monet was pissed. So I'm definitely interested to see where this is going. I don't know... Like, will Robert Stone eventually make his way up to the main roster as a manager or something? Or to Raw and um, SmackDown, I should say? I could see that taking place. Because, like, if she's going to be furious with him over costing them that match, I can't mm-hmm. see him being a manager for them. It's going to break down. I mean, we're going to see something happen with Robert Stone. Yeah, um, but after that, we saw Wade Barrett have a sit-down with Malcolm Bivens and Roderick Strong. Bivens, of course, putting Roderick Strong over super big time here. Wade Barrett mentioned Kushida and the North American Championship. He brought up Bobby Fish and asked if their focus is on him next. Malcolm Bivens agreed, and that match is going to be taking place next week. Roderick Strong versus um, Bobby Fish. Former Undisputed Era members going one-on-one. That should be good. But next up, we had the Imperium pick up the victory over Hit Row. Um, Another match I was surprised to see the outcome of. Yeah, I was really hoping Hit Row was going to walk away with that victory, but... But the way it happened, again, I'm not against. I just think Imperium has fallen so far since, like, that dominant group that they once were. I agree. With Walter versus Ilya Dragunov being at NXT TakeOver 36, I'd really like to see Alexander Wolf be brought back. I don't think that's going to happen, but I, I want, like, Imperium to be Imperium of old. But in this match, we saw Joaquin Wilde and Raul Mendoza come out, take uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott out from behind, which distracted Top Dollar. Imperium took advantage of that. And then after the match, we saw Legato jump Top Dollar. Swerve making the save, clearing house with a chair. But if this was the Imperium of old... I think they would have been the ones on top in this segment. Yeah. Well, I mean, Hit Row, I'm a big fan of. And I, I think too. that it, I'm a big I think fan it's of all three. Yeah, I think it's important for Hit Row to go over, uh, especially again, right now. But, but again, if this was Imperium of old, they're just being used as enhancement here, at least. 
Not enhancement, well, I mean, but yeah, you can't call them enhancement. But no, it also but shows like to, what they are make, without. I to, mean, to, to make hit row, make them like get them over in the the final of this segment. But it's also showing that they were the what hit row is with. I mean, what Imperium is without Walter, or without Alexander Wolf. Uh. <laughs> we saw we saw a backstage segment with the way where Indy Hartwell got a present from Dexter Loomis, which was a drawing of the way which included him and not Austin Theory. And then Indy Hartwell said to Johnny Gargano that he should wrestle Dexter Loomis for a chance for her to be with him. Where if Johnny wins no more Dexter Loomis, but if she wins, or if, if Loomis wins, they're going to be together. And it's a love her or lose her match next we- next week on Sci-Fi. Uh, it's it's going to, I mean, he has to win. Dexter Loomis has to be. Yeah, of, 100%. You know? But main event of the evening, you had Adam Cole pick up the victory over Bronson Reed. Um, Hard-hitting match between the two of them. And Adam Cole was able to walk away with the victory. What does that say about Bronson Reed? Well, you know, this was a huge, you know, I guess yeah, Adam Cole like, had to. I like the up. match, but I feel like this could be Bronson Reed's last match in NXT, perhaps. You think a call up? I mean, he's had those, the matches, I believe. Like main event yeah. and stuff. So that's true. Very well could be. And I'm like, I'm. I'm sitting here after Adam Cole picks up the victory. I'm like, I can't even begin to fathom what's next for either of them. And then Kyle O'Reilly came out. I completely forgot. Kyle O'Reilly came out, attacked Adam Cole with the chair, suplexes him onto the the steel steps, and ends NXT. So, a lot of infighting with Undisputed Era. Undisputed Era, I'm telling you, someone's getting brought up to the main roster soon from them. I don't know. I think so. But that was NXT moving over to NXT UK. Jordan Devlin opens up picking up the victory over Tristan Archer, which I thought was a good showcase match for Jordan Devlin. Uh, Although Tristan Archer continues to impress as well. After the match, Devlin said that Johnny Saint sanctioned an Iron Man match next week between him and A-Kid. A-Kid came out on crutches and then attacked Jordan Devlin and basically just said that he's all clear to go. So next week, 30-minute Iron Man match taking place between those two. After that, we saw Mako Satamora address the women's locker room in the women's locker room, um, which led to all the women just like start bickering. And Miko walked off smiling. Uh, next match, Ginny picked up the victory over Aoife Valkyrie. Fun match. Valkyrie hit a really nice pin towards the beginning of that match. Um, Joseph Connors got uh, involved. He grabbed the ropes behind the referee's back. Made Valkyrie fall during a springboard move that she was going to hit. And then he got involved again later on. And... Aoife Valkyrie knocks him off the apron. Ginny takes advantage of that, picks up the victory there. Next match, Stevie Turner picks up the victory over Aaliyah James. Another good match. 
Even with how short it was, both women shine in this. Very different from Thunder Rosa versus Julia Hart. Very different. And then the main event. Mustache Mountain picked up the victory over Symbiosis. Eddie Dennis got involved, hit a razor's edge to Tyler Bate on the barricade. Mustache Mountain, still able to overcome that, pick up the victory there. Pretty Deadly came out to uh, clap for Mustache Mountain afterwards. But uh, as far as this episode goes, I think my favorite match was definitely Ginny and Aoife Valkyrie. But that is NXT UK moving over to SmackDown. It kicks off with John Cena talking about Roman Reigns and how he needs to change his character every two years or so because people stop caring about him. And John Cena doesn't need to change. Just like Stone Cold Steve Austin, just like The Rock. John Cena said that Roman Reigns is afraid to fight him. Baron Corbin came out and said he's desperate. He asked John Cena for help. The crowd was split on whether or not John Cena should help him, but John Cena gives him 100 bucks. And then Baron Corbin gets pissed off because he didn't give enough. He didn't give him a role in a movie. John Cena hits him with the attitude adjustment. Rey Mysterio picks up the victory over Jimmy Uso in the first match of the evening. I kind of wish they, uh, not I kind of, I do wish they mentioned that Rey Mysterio's, I guess, WWE anniversary took place this past week. It's July 25th, 2002. Um, but Jay Uso at one point saves Jimmy from a 619. Rey Mysterio takes both the Usos out with the plancha. Jay gets hit with a 619, and he went to hit Jimmy with one. Jimmy reverses it into a Samoan drop uh, position, a fireman's carry. Rey Mysterio reverses that into a pin, and then Dominic holds Rey Mysterio's back for the pin. Uh, I'm not quite sure how the referee didn't see that, but I think it's a good callback to the Usos doing it, and... Dominic has been learning, I guess, by watching stuff like that. So I'm far, I'm fine with that spot. After this, we saw Bianca Belair's 100-day championship celebration. Kayla Braxton asked her what's next, uh, what's the next 100 days going to look like. Belair said she's not sure how anything could top it. Uh, Carmella cuts this off and says that Bianca Belair should give her another opportunity. Right then and there, I'm like, hell no. But Zelina Vega comes out, challenges Bianca Belair, and Bianca Belair accepts. And as soon as she accepted it, Carmella attacks her, Zelina Vega joins in, and Sasha Banks returns to make the save, and it gets set up a tag match for the main event. After this, Reggie, now going by Reggie, not Reginald, picks up the victory over Chad Gable via disqualification to retain the 24-7 championship. Otis attacked Reggie before the match and then pulled him out of the pin, causing a disqualification during the match. He tossed Reggie over the top rope. Reggie rolls right through it. I think this match took place really because Reggie, I think, was one of the hottest things from Monday Night Raw. But I also think the crowd cheered for Otis. But after this, we saw the SummerSlam contract signing between Roman Reigns and Finn Balor. I like Paul Heyman fixing Roman Reigns' chair to the head of the table. But Roman Reigns basically responded to John Cena saying that 
Cena said that Finn Balor isn't as worthy or, or is less than John Cena, something like that. Roman Reigns said that if Balor signs it, he's going to be sending him right back down to NXT, which we get a nice little plug from Pat McAfee on commentary for NXT. Roman Reigns signs it first. And Balor said that if if he does win it, it'll be a privilege to return to NXT as the Universal Champion. Right before he signs, Baron Corbin attacks Finn Balor. He goes to sign the contract. John Cena runs out, takes him out, signs the contract, which I think it was obvious that John Cena would be in that spot. I just didn't know how it would get there. Paul Heyman afterwards speaks with Adam Pearce and Sonya Deville saying that it's not a legally binding contract since Finn Balor's name's on that. Adam Pearce is like, I see John Cena's signature. I'm That's good enough for me. So I think it's cool that that's how we got there. But now I'm thinking maybe Finn Balor should also have a Universal Championship shot somewhere. But I think it's pretty clear that it'll be Baron Corbin versus Finn Balor at SummerSlam. Especially since next week on SmackDown, it's going to be them two. After that, Big E, Cesaro, and Shinsuke Nakamura picked up a victory over the Dirty Dogs and the Intercontinental Champion Apollo Crews. This is literally what the crowd saw last week during the Rolling Loud Festival stuff. But the the face team was super over. At one point, Boog starts playing guitar. Commander Aziz takes him out. Cesaro takes him out with an uppercut. And Shinsuke Nakamura hits that Kinshasa on Apollo Crews to pick up that victory. So I could only assume that that's going to lead to Shinsuke Nakamura versus Apollo Crews at SummerSlam for the Intercontinental Championship. After that, Edge made his way to the ring, but during the commercial break, Seth Rollins takes him out. And Seth Rollins, it comes back to to live TV, he was furious. And he said that he's the rightful heir to the Universal Championship and that if he can't have it, neither can Edge. So I think it was a good fired up segment here for, for Seth Rollins, obviously leading to Edge at SummerSlam. Main event saw Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair pick up the victory over Carmella and Zelina Vega. I've always been a fan of Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair as a tag team, so it was cool that they teamed up here. I liked when Sasha Banks hit the three amigos and then the frog splash and Carmella super kicked her out of the pin as Zelina Vega kicked out. We get a bank statement on Carmella to pick up the victory. They celebrate, and just like with Natalia, Sasha Banks attacks Bianca Belair, holds up the title. I didn't want to believe that was going to happen. I saw a few people on Twitter saying that's probably going to happen. I was giving her the benefit of the doubt, but uh, I thought it was really good, really well done. Sasha Banks used that cool like tornado springboard DDT. Um... The only big miss, I think, from SmackDown this week is how do you not have Tony Storm after you debut her last week? Not even in like a backstage segment. Even, I mean, Shotzi Blackheart and Tegan Knox too. But that is SmackDown. 
Hey, Chris, got a match of the week? Chris's match of the week. Chris's match of the week. Yes, I do, Brandon. This week's match of the week is from GCW Homecoming. Um, night one. Uh, we mentioned it before. Dave said they stood out to him. Nolan Edward versus AJ Gray. That match was awesome. It was hard hitting. AJ Gray can chop like a mother effer. Uh, and his song, his uh, theme by Waka Flocka Flame is pretty catchy. I was listening to it in the car this week. That's one thing I noticed. <laughs> like That's one thing I noticed at GCW. Everybody had great theme music coming out. Like, I, Two Gold Scorpio came at the Jungle Boogie, which was awesome. Um, Drew Parker's theme, I've been listening to that, too. Like, he has a custom theme. You find it on YouTube. That's That was awesome. Uh, Nick Gage coming out to From Whom the Bell Tolls. You can't get wrong with coming out to Metallica. Uh, Matt's music, obviously, because you're always ready. Um, who other, I was like, this is awesome, this I, music. We were singing along um, to Tony Depp and We Built This City. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And I... I didn't even know that that was going to be... I, I should have knew, known that that was going to be a match of the week and everything. But, yeah, I I totally second that. I think I almost told you about it. I'm like, I think this might be my match of the week. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And the, the I totally agree. The theme songs. I think I said the same thing to you or Sal. There, every theme song was just catchy and yeah. awesome and fitting. Um, you know, wrestling. They, yeah, and it wasn't it was like I mean Marco Stunt's theme song, you know. It, oh it's, yeah, what he come out to? We belong um, to the night. We belong to each other. We belong. Everyone was all into it. It was great. Yeah, wow. it was a great sing along. You yes. know, I feel like like with this, it wasn't more of that impact of the theme song. You know, like that bow bow. Like it was more like just fun, fun theme yeah. songs. Fun, absolutely. Uh, so yeah, go check it out. It's on Fight, uh, and both you can get both nights for twenty bucks. That's what I did. Now I watched them. So, I, we didn't even mention Mark Sterling coming out and getting his butt kicked by uh, Nick Gage on night two, which was fun. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, that's it. Brandon, who are you shouting out? I'm Louie Anderson. Survey says Brandon shoutouts. The first shout-out goes to Jackie Mason, who unfortunately passed away last week at the age of 93. Um, A lot of people. Yeah, that's every shout-out this week is somebody who passed away. But Jackie Mason was one of those last Borscht, one of the the very last Borscht Belt comedians who uh, brought that Jewish style of comedy to mainstream audiences If you're familiar with the Borscht Belt, it refers to the resorts in the Catskill Mountains in New York where comedians like Jackie Mason, Don Rickles, Joan Rivers, Rodney Dangerfield, um, Carl Reiner, they would all perform there. Uh, As far as Jackie Mason, I know, Chris, you would probably be more familiar with him as Rabbi Hyman Krastofsky, the father of Krusty the Clown on The Simpsons. Uh, but all around, great stand-up comedian. I got to see him on Broadway in 2008. So that was fun. Uh, Super Porky, also known as Brazo de Plata, unfortunately passed away this week at the age of 58. Uh, Second-generation wrestler himself, father of Psycho Clown, Maximo, Goya Kong. And although he didn't actually wrestle a match in WWE, I was first introduced to him as Super Porky in WWE's juniors division 
where they introduced it. They had all the minis and stuff. And uh, he was pretty, I guess, most famous in WWE for that backstage segment with Teddy Long where he ate a ham. And Teddy Long's like, he's in the junior division. But he was, I think, like what he did outside of WWE with CMLL and Triple A, a hundred percent made him a legend of of professional wrestling. He uh, he came into WWE as a seasoned veteran, and he's one of ultimately the great comedic wrestlers of any like generation from like nineteen like seventy to two thousand ten. So it's unfortunate that he passed away as well. And then the final shout out goes to Dusty Hill, who unfortunately passed away this week at the age of 72, part of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame group ZZ Top, alongside Billy Gibbons and Frank Beard. Uh, Wrestling fans saw him and Billy Gibbons host Monday Night Raw in 2009 where we got a sharp-dressed man tuxedo match out of that even, between Hornswoggle and Chavo Guerrero, which is named after their song, Sharp Dressed Man. I saw ZZ Top in 2016 at Jones Beach, and it was an awesome time. Uh, Some other songs that people would know of theirs would be Gimme All Your Lovin', Tush, LaGrange, and uh, Legs, which was redone by Kid Rock, which became Stacey Keebler's theme song. So it's unfortunate that that they passed away. Um, my condolences to them. And Joey Jordison, first yeah. draw from Slipknot, passed away this week yes, too. Yes, he also passed away. Wait, what? Yeah, Joey Jordison passed away uh, on the twenty sixth. What's? Oh, jeez. I know, right? Stinks. Wow. A lot of deaths. Yeah. A lot of deaths. But our condolences but... go out to their their family, their friends, and all their fans. And uh, now it's time for. Our moment of the week. That is right, our mark out moment of the week. I mean, ultimately, I guess all three of us would have to say Matt Cardona winning the GCW championship, right? Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. that whole night was just a markout moment. Live no, crowds, you... live crowds again. Independent wrestling. Your high school friend winning his first world championship after being in the WWE for 14 years and building his brand more than it is, um, building his brand to a new audience too. It's 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 amazing. The out love, the outcry, and love that he got from the professional wrestling community, big and small, was amazing. There was people like commenting by like Wade Barrett was like, you're incredible. Titus O'Neill commented on a picture of his and said, you're awesome. Now do the dog bark. Um, <laughs> you know, the deathmatch guys too, like Ricky Shane Page, he, you know, he, they had a back and forth on Twitter and he's like, oh, I didn't know it was you. I bought him. He's like, no problem, King. You know, guys like John Wayne Murdoch, he's a big deathmatch guy. He's like the best deathmatch wrestler in the United States right now is Matt Cardona. So it's, it's, it's awesome. It's really yeah, cool. it, and it's cool to see other wrestlers selling that too. You know, oh my god, that's uh, awesome! I think that him doing this sort of a, sort of a style of match has really gained a ton of respect amongst all of the pro wrestling world. And if if you're so 
caught up in, angry by it, then that's even more of a reason why you should respect it. Oh, well, 110%. So, I mean, um, so, and even like, you know, I saw him back in May at my friend's wedding. And I was like, you know, I'm excited to everything. Let's look forward, you know, look what's going on with you. Um, you know, I said, I'm like, what's going on with you, Nick Gage? And he couldn't say anything to me. He's like, you tweet me. That's it. I was like, okay. <laughs> so that's cool. Yeah, Matt, he'll never give up anything. No, absolutely. And that's why he's going to be so successful outside. Like even with the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast, we met so many people from that Patreon group that myself and Sal are in. And we all hung out. You know, we kind of stayed with each other. And then afterwards, all of us were rushing, uh, you know, rushing after him after he won. It was great. Well, in regards to yeah. wrestling figures, I definitely marked out over a bunch that they revealed for San Diego Comic-Con. Um, yes. A bunch of, like, super deep cuts. Like the goon? Like, yeah, the goon, Zodiac. They have a build-a-figure of Dominic yeah. from 2005, which, like, popped me big time. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was funny. funny. Chainsaw Charlie, the burnt fiend looks cool. Um yeah, I have to add it to my Fiend collection. I have uh, both Elites, the Fiend and regular Bray Wyatt. Now I just have to get the burnt one to go behind him. I popped at the cool. uh, the Ultimate Batista coming with the, the contracts for the Raw and SmackDown Championship Lo- matches for WrestleMania. I love that. The Ultimate awesome. Kane super deep cut coming with a house show cape that he's never worn on television. Yeah. And then we we saw the, the, the Hollywood figures of... of Piper from They Live, The Rock in uh, Fast and Furious, Scorpion King. maybe. Oh, uh, Hobbs and Shaw. Hobbs and Shaw and John Cena from Fast 9. And then the second series, which is like beyond deep cut. <laughs> Andre the Giant as Bigfoot from the $6 million man TV show. And then yeah, Roman Reigns from Hobbs and Shaw and then The Rock as Scorpion King, which was cool. But all of those were just, like, mind-blowing. I thought they were so cool. And uh, in regards to the crowdfunding New Generation Arena with Diesel that I mentioned last week, the goals are now 100% confirmed that if you if they fund a certain amount, uh, it will be an ultimate doink, heel doink, and then more five, ring aprons. 5,000 is doink, 7,000 7, backers is... So, uh, the ring skirts. So this is probably not getting made, right? I don't know. There's a lot of talk about it on the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast group. I was under the impression, like, as soon as they announced it, I was like, there is no way this is this is not going to get, like, fully back within a few days. It's a slow burn. It's a very it slow burn. And, and I once they announced that the only other two things that you unlock are a doink and the ring aprons, I'm like, I don't know if I could put it at $250. That's mm-hmm. uh, that's everybody's big stickler is the price point. Like if you knocked off maybe if you knocked off like 50 bucks maybe cuz like the ring itself I could put it at like 110 perhaps. And then like well, the, the AEW way, the A like the AEW authentic scale ring is with Aubrey Edwards right? is going for like 100 bucks. Yeah, and that comes with referee Aubrey, but it's not an ultimate figure. I don't know what the difference yeah. is. Quite different, but uh, so I, I could put it at maybe two hundred, but two fifty. I don't know if if that makes sense. I don't know. We'll see. Mm-hmm. I was I was stoked about the retros. Um, 
because I collect them. Also, um, now we're going to start. They, they're replacing the. Uh, what are the He-Man ones called? Masters, Masters of the Universe. Of the universe. They're replacing that with those like old-looking a- Remco style figures. Yeah, because the He-Man were also Remco, so it's like the AWA Remco figures, but in WWE form. So I think that's yes. Cool. I saw. I like the Bray Wyatt. I know people were kind of pooping on that one. Yeah, it's an interesting take on on Bray Wyatt. No, but I think he did that Mad Hatter thing on a Firefly Funhouse. Yeah, with Alexa thinking. Bliss, I believe. Yeah. So that's that's you can say that's kind of a deep cut. Right and there. it's a yes, that is 100% it's and it's very unique, I'd say. But outside yeah. of wrestling figures, another markout moment, Celebrity Family Feud. Oh, I heard about this. I haven't seen it. They had Paul Rubens' team versus David Arquette's team, and Paul Paul Rubens' team had Joe Magniello. Um, WWE Hall of Famer Magniello. Drew Carey yeah. was on Paul Rubens' team. And it's cool because the three yeah. of them have appeared on WWE programming. And then on the flip side, on Arquette's team, you had RJ City, Dalton Castle, Peter Avalon, and Jungle Boy. Perfect. Steve, yeah, that's like the most like David Arquette team possible. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Definitely. Steve, though, made a little error there. Yeah, introduced David Arquette as the 2002 WCW World Heavyweight oh Champion. Oh, my God. Calm down, Mark. Nah, WCW closed in 2001. But I, I found it weird that they didn't mention Luke Perry being Jungle Boy's father at all. And when I went to tell my mom that, she was like, oh, that's definitely Luke Perry's son, right? And I'm like, well, how, how did you know that? And she's like, it just looks like him. <laughs> it looks exactly like <laughs> him. Yeah. So I thought that was fun. But that's really ultimately, there was so- I, unless you guys have other markout moments to discuss. No. You mentioned Paul Rubin. I was watching Behind the Attraction this week. And I was today years old when I found out that Paul Rubin was the voice for some one of the Disney rides. I forget. And they mentioned him in the show. What were the episodes they did? Did you Jungle Cruise? I only saw Jungle Cruise so far. Jungle uh it it's a, they get better. Jungle Cruise, it's not Space Mountain. I liked Jungle Cruise's how, episode. What do you mean? No, I liked it. It was good. I feel like they should have like added like a more like you'll explain I'll explain to you when you once you finish the series. Oh, it's Star Tours. Yes, that's what it was. Star yeah, he's Tours. Star Speeder uh, 3000. Yeah, he's the he's the droid in that. Yeah, I, I didn't realize that until the other yesterday when I watched. It. I was like, wow. And more was like, ha ha. But anyway, <laughs> I'm I, gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna also say I uh, a nice little mark out was we got to hang uh, well we got to say hi and take a picture with Joey Janela too, the bad boy himself. Oh yeah, that's right. Something, you know that was a. A long time overdue. I don't even... Last time we even got to talk to him was back in PWS, I feel, which is already a long time ago. So it was, it was good to uh, see Joey Janela and actually tell him face-to-face how uh, proud we are uh, for marking out of him. Just watching him from uh, that those independent matches and everything and him breaking out into CZW and then further and further and how just proud we are of him. So it was really cool to finally say that to him face to face. So that yeah. was awesome. It was, yeah, it was cool. I, uh, you, you said hi to Sam Roberts, right? Yes. What yes. Sam Roberts was there. I know he didn't remember. Yeah, he... No, not at all. 
Dave no, was once uh, a colleague yeah. of Sam Roberts. I I, I name dropped uh, Mark and out to him. And he was like, "Oh yeah," and I'm like thinking, "I'm like, uh, I don't know if I buy that." <laughs> he, he, he never he never remembered us each time when we were at PWS, but he's always nice yeah, to no. us. I'm like other people, but yeah, 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 no, he was always always a nice guy. I got nothing, not a bad thing to say about him. <laughs> so, he was the, uh, yeah. the manager of I don't, I don't remember what they were called, but Pat Buck and John Silver's team, the Lone Rangers, Lone Rangers, yeah. Ah, I, yeah, John Silver, big match, uh, big match, John. He's uh, back on uh, Dynamite this week. Yeah, in their big main event. You know what I've been noticing recently? I've been seeing a lot more people wearing dangly earrings, and it's all. I just want to think it's all because of Luke Gallows, Doc Gallows. Sorry, I thought you were going to say because of uh, because of John Silver. I was like, I can't remember the time I've ever seen him wear an earring. No, but he's in that <laughs> match, and so is so is Big LG. So. I was filming at a gym recently, and some guy's working out. He's got a dangly earring, and I was like, "Just one no way, just the one, the one on the side." That's bizarre. That's one hell of That's a. Uh, this is the old right HBK there. earring, to me. Yeah, yeah, it's HBK for sure. Listen, it's, it's dangly nation out there, brother. Um, <laughs> so yeah, um, do I have Sweet. anything else to mark out for this week? No, I did. I, I'll mark out when I was at my friend's wedding. I did meet Chelsea Green, so that was cool. She was awesome. It was a mark out moment awesome. of like three we, months we, ago. We talk, here when some... Yeah, but still, I haven't been on the show, so, uh, you know, can, nah, it's... piss off. <laughs> always, was... always, good to hear, always good to hear that some of these wrestlers, when you meet them outside of the ring, are actual, actual well, like, good people. Did she Matt, shop here, Matt, or like, am I making that up? Um, we'll talk about that off air. <laughs> so. <laughs> some stories, some stories I don't, I don't want to be a super mark about. So, Aww. but she was awesome. She was very friendly. She now knows, she knows me as Fallen Angel. So, that's, no, that's cool. No, but Matt explained to her. He goes, "Oh yeah, this is Fallen Angel." I'm like, "What's up?" And then I whipped out the W. <laughs> then I whipped out the WTW shirt, and she was like, "Oh my god, I have to take a picture with you, and put it on my social." So, <laughs> so she made that's Chris awesome. famous. Yeah, but then I, <laughs> yeah, you don't understand how many Instagram followers I tried to people tried to friend me and like me on Instagram after that, and then some person was. T- messaging me for two days hey 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 chris what's up do you know chelsea no, green <laughs> i wish i wish i could have that oh, I, I wish i could have that fo- that feedback right now wait 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 everyone like follow me on instagram I'll, ex- hit you up. I'll accept everyone is that accurate to say I'm... chris i Why don't not? know I, I i block them immediately chris chris do you know oh, chelsea man, green I'm... can you get me an autograph <laughs> Brother, I can't even get myself an autograph. I'm sitting here looking at two <laughs> Chelsea Green Mintock card figures. <laughs> I got both of them. Use the code major the for 10% nice. off ringside collectible. We might as well be That's called the right. major Don't... podcast this week, huh? <laughs> no. They, they have their podcast, which I'm really excited for. And they also have the podcast of the about the podcast called the MWO, the Major World Order. Yeah, and this was actually my first time listening to uh, their podcast, too, with Chris Oh, yeah, I, I made a... Uh, Dave and Sal both listen to FWF on the way down there. Dude, Matt is hilarious on there. The way that he's the with the for the Scott Steiner. Yeah, I mean, David, he lit a figure is... on fire. Oh yeah. <laughs> we didn't listen to that, but I made him listen to the Stop versus uh Thunder in Paradise uh, match on the floating ring, which was awesome. The yeah, sun was hilarious. goes out. And the sun comes back out. Alright, I'm this room I'm sitting in has no air conditioning, and I'm starting to sweat. Um, yes, so let's go. Yeah, take us close home. it. Thank you, 
everybody for listening to Marking Out episode 547. Make sure you subscribe on all of your major podcasting applications. Facebook.com slash MarkingOut, Twitter.com slash MarkingOut, YouTube and Instagram.com slash MarkingOut11. Email us, MarkingOut1 at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Chris Sweendog, Brandon on Twitter at BTTG161, and Dave on Twitter at David DPDPDBEIEIO. PTDPT. Yeah. Okay, I'll get it. I'll get it one day. You know, when I'm back on here in four months again, I'll. Uh, one day. One day. One day. But um, also buy our merchandise because more is coming. Facebook, ProWrestlingTees.com slash out. And until next time, we wish you the. The. Best of luck in your future endeavors. Have a fantastic week.